We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And away we go. Episode 764 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, February 16th. 2024 and new Commanders head coach Dan Quinn's coaching staff finally is finalized. Uh, The team on Thursday morning officially announced the staff. Uh, Thursday was one month to the day of the Commanders officially announcing the hiring of Adam Peters as general manager. And now we have the official announcement of the new coaching staff. This off the news of Wednesday, the team hiring Lance Newmark from the Detroit Lions as assistant general manager. The revamping of Commander's football operations is happening, my friends. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. We on Thursday afternoon had introductory press conferences for new Commander's offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury and new Commander's defensive coordinator Joe Witt Jr. Uh, Yes, we heard from Cliff and we heard from Joe and Joe put on quite a show. Uh, Coming up, on the show, this show, uh, I'll take you through and react to the best of what Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. had to say. Cliff talked about developing young quarterbacks and said something notable about the air raid offense as it relates to the commanders. Joe was really impressive, said a lot that can't help but get you pumped about the commander's defense for next season. Now, look, all of this stuff, of course, just words. And if you have been a fan of our team for (laughs) any substantial length of time, you know that there are words and then there are actions. And too often with our team, the words have not been mirrored by the actions. But there is reason for excitement with our team. It's okay to be excited. You can be both excited about what's happening and understanding that we do have a long way to go before we can be certain that what is happening is working. Uh, Before we get to some feedback Really bad news at Oriole Spring Training in Sarasota, Florida on Thursday. We on Thursday learned of three injury situations with the O's. Uh, A, their best starting pitcher from last season, Kyle Bradish, is expected to begin the 2024 regular season on an injured list due to an ulnar collateral ligament sprain in his right elbow. Ulnar collateral ligament as in UCL, as in the ligament associated with Tommy John surgery. Ulnar collateral ligament sprain 
That is frightening news. That can be a precursor to needing Tommy John surgery. Nothing is definite, but you hear that news and you can't help but think Tommy John surgery is a possibility. B, another key Orioles starting pitcher, John Means, he also is expected to begin the 2024 regular season on an injured list as he is behind other Orioles pitchers due to having experienced left elbow soreness late last regular season. Means underwent Tommy John surgery on his left elbow April 27th, 2022. And see one of the Orioles' top prospects, catcher slash first baseman Samuel Basayo. He is dealing with a stress fracture in his right elbow, uh, although he in exhibition games can serve as a designated hitter. But an elbow of Kyle Bradish, an elbow of John Means, and an elbow of Samuel Basayo, all problematic. Uh, but I tell you, this pitching news is concerning. Man, it is a good thing <laughs> that the O's traded for Ace Corbin Burns. They are going to need him. Uh, I'm worried about Kyle Bradish. I don't know how, if you're an O's fan, that you're not worried about Bradish. Now, he has received a PRP injection, a platelet-rich plasma injection, was to begin a throwing progression on Friday. So we'll see how he does. But uh, off all of the recent good news with the O's, uh, we on Thursday got a triple shot of bad news. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Dr. CCB on the commanders potentially trading up from the number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft to the number one overall pick uh, for the purpose of taking USC quarterback Caleb Williams, writes Dr. CCB. Good morning, Goldie. It has been a while since I wrote you. I got a promotion, so I've been working long days. Anyway, I wanted to talk about the possibility of the skins moving up from number two to number one in the draft. I wish that folks would stop talking about this. It doesn't make sense to even consider giving up the entire farm to move up one spot. True, Caleb Williams could be the next Patrick Mahomes, but Caleb also could be the next Jamarcus Russell. So to me, it's not worth taking that chance. I'd stay at number two and grab Jaden Daniels or Drake May or trade back and acquire more picks. Folks, please stop talking about the possibility of moving up and giving Chicago a huge jackpot of draft capital. As always, thanks for letting me vent. Have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon. Well, thank you for the email, Dr. CCB, and congrats on the promotion. Uh, To me, whether the commanders should be willing to trade up from number two to number one is all about how general manager Adam Peters and his staff and the coaching staff evaluate the quarterbacks. If Adam and company really like Caleb Williams and don't like the other quarterbacks in this draft, then the team should be open to moving up from number two to number one. Nothing matters more than quarterback. If you really believe in a guy and you can get the guy, then get the guy. Uh, But if Adam Peters and company like Caleb, but also really like North Carolina quarterback Drake May and or LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, to say nothing if Adam and company do not like Caleb, uh, then staying at two makes more sense. And of course, the caveat to all of this is the commanders need to be right. Whatever the evaluation ends up being needs to be right. I'm open to the commanders doing anything with that number two overall pick. Staying at two, trading up to one, even trading down if that is what makes the most sense. But whatever the team does, the team better be right. Our team cannot blow it 
with another number two overall pick. That is unacceptable. This is the best chance that our team has had at drafting a franchise quarterback in years. Whatever is done with this number two overall pick has to hit. You know, this is the third time in 13 years that our team has had a number two overall pick in an NFL draft, 2012, 2020, and 2024. (laughs) The players who were taken with those number two overall picks in the 2012 and 2020 NFL drafts did not work out for reasons that we do not have to rehash. Our team cannot go 0 for 3 on number two overall picks in NFL drafts over a 13-year period. I don't even want to think about that. Uh, Email from Wendell Hicks on our conversation on Tuesday's show, episode 761, with the man who invented the air raid offense, former college football head coach Hal Mummy. Uh, Coach Mummy was outstanding. Definitely check out that interview if you haven't done so already. Gave us great insight on the revolutionary offense that he concocted and that, of course, has been a big part of the career of Cliff Kingsbury. Writes Wendell, it was a great pleasure to listen to your conversation with Hal Mummy. He really is a football lifer and a true innovator. My first collegiate game was against Mummy's Valdosta State team for which Mike Leach was the offensive coordinator. I remember watching that offense and being jealous (laughs) that I had to go back to my boring offense after the game. I knew that the offense was different, but coming from PG County, in which everyone ran some version of a power run game or a wing offense, the air raid was eye-opening. Valdosta State worked us on the way to a deep Division II playoff run, but I remember hearing guys on our team who were from Valdosta talk so glowingly about Hal Mummy. As he stated, I hope that Adam Peters gives Cliff Kingsbury the right tools. Uh, Thank you for the email, Wendell. You know, one of my favorite things about our chat with Hal Mummy is that he dispelled some of the myths of the air raid offense. Uh, The air raid offense does not mean that the running game disappears. The air raid offense does not mean that tight ends disappear. Running backs and tight ends are big parts of air raid offenses. The commanders have a lot of work to do at tight end, Uh, but you think about running back Brian Robinson Jr., who this past season did show himself to be very adept as a pass catcher, and now with Anthony Lynn as the commander's run game coordinator slash running backs coach, I could see Robinson having a really good 2024 season. Well, uh, always really good is the law firm of Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace fights for victims like no other law firm does. Chris Nace, Matt Nace, and the rest of the team do excellent work. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C., and West Virginia. You know, a victim of medical malpractice can file a lawsuit to seek compensation for the harm that he or she has suffered. But to do so, the lawsuit must be filed within a certain time frame uh, known as the statute of limitations. Uh, These statutes can change based on where you file and what type of case that you have. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, Call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. 
Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the second injured. How about this? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million as Paulson and Nace took on Big Pharma and won. Uh, Bradley versus the United States of America. Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government <laughs> and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace, call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. All right. Hey, if you happen to be listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review of the podcast saying that you like it. The review can be just a sentence or two, but the reviews help out the podcast a lot. Thank you for doing them. The Commanders on Thursday morning officially announced the coaching staff of new Commanders head coach Dan Quinn. We then on Thursday afternoon had introductory press conferences for new Commanders offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury and new Commanders defensive coordinator Joe Witt Jr. Next segment, I'll talk Commanders defense off what Joe had to say, but this segment, we talk Commanders offense off what Cliff had to say. Uh, The Commanders coaching staff is as follows. Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson as assistant head coach slash offensive pass game coordinator, Tavita Pritchard as quarterbacks coach, David Blau as assistant quarterbacks coach, Anthony Lynn as run game coordinator slash running backs coach, Bobby Johnson as offensive line coach, Darnell Stapleton as assistant offensive line coach, Bobby Ingram as receivers coach, David Rye as tight ends coach, Andre Coleman as offensive assistant, and Shane Tobe as offensive quality control coach. Uh, The offensive coaching holdovers from the team's previous coaching staff are Tavita Pritchard, Bobby Ingram, and Shane Tobe. If you're wondering about Brian Johnson having as part of his title assistant head coach, uh, this reportedly does not mean that he's a head of Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, This reportedly is for the purpose of exposing Brian Johnson to the organizational side of things and the head coaching side of things, as those are things that Cliff Kingsbury is already familiar with uh, due to his time as Arizona Cardinals head coach. Uh, As for Cliff Kingsbury, he on Thursday afternoon did a press conference that started around 2.30. It lasted for about 16 minutes. Here was Cliff on Thursday afternoon on why he chose to become the commander's offensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't want to get into the specifics of the process as much, but obviously historic franchise, um, incredible fan base, uh, the opportunity to work with Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, who I've always had a ton of respect with, with and then the ownership group, um, what they're trying to do, their vision. Uh, it's exciting, exciting times. I've heard great things about the DMV, so just honored to be here. So as you may have noticed, Cliff Kingsbury at the beginning of that answer made it clear that he did not want to talk (laughs) about the process by which he became 
the commander's offensive coordinator. He actually was asked some follow-up questions and basically refused to answer them. Cliff reportedly was going to become the Las Vegas Raiders offensive coordinator, but we on Saturday afternoon, February 3rd, had multiple reports that he was not becoming the Raiders offensive coordinator due to contract talks having broken down. And then he, of course, became commander's offensive coordinator. The team officially announced the hiring on Monday morning, February 5th. And according to NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com on NFL Network's Super Bowl Live on that day, February 5th, Commander's Limited Partner Magic Johnson played a role in Cliff Kingsbury not taking the Raiders' offensive coordinator job and instead taking the commander's offensive coordinator job. Irvin Magic Johnson paying dividends as a commander's limited partner. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was the Cardinals head coach from January 2019 to January 2023. He, as Cardinals head coach, had a regular season record of just 28-37-1 and and ultimately had problems with quarterback Kyler Murray. But Cliff Kingsbury got some really good production out of Kyler Murray, who over his first three NFL regular seasons, 2019 through 2021, had the following rankings among qualified NFL quarterbacks in ESPN's total QBR, 29 19, number 15, 2020, number 14, 2021, number seven. So top 15 in the NFL among qualified quarterbacks for each regular season right there. But the Cardinals in the 2022 regular season went just four and 13. Uh, Cliff's tenure as Cardinals head coach did not end well. Uh, Of course, if things were going well, the tenure probably would not have ended. Things don't usually end uh, when they are going well. Uh, But this was Cliff on Thursday afternoon on if given how his tenure as Cardinals head coach ended, he feels like he, as commander's offensive coordinator, has something to prove. I don't. That's not how I approach it. Um, You know, I I do this because I I enjoy the game. I enjoy the the players and the mentorship and... um, you know, the, the Sunday is that type of, of competitive um, situation. So uh, I've never got into to prove anybody wrong or right or anything like that. All right. Cliff Kingsbury spent the 2023 season as a senior offensive analyst for USC. It is true that USC in the 2023 season went just 8-5 and five as compared to 11-3 and three in the 2022 season. But the advanced stats do say that USC's 2023 offense was quite good. Uh, USC for the 2023 season, it was number five in the FBS in offensive efficiency per ESPN, and it was number three in the FBS in offensive efficiency per SP+, which is an advanced metric developed by ESPN's Bill Conley. Cliff on Thursday afternoon on what he has learned from his time as Cardinals head coach and what he's learned from spending the 2023 season as a USC senior offensive analyst. First and foremost, uh, consistency and approach, and, and then the standards got to be the standard no matter what, no matter who you bring in, what it looks like, how the season's going. Uh, you can't let that dictate you know, how you approach um, the team and, and how you coach. And, and then the USC deal, um, more than anything, just re-energized me being around those young players and, and those kids that were excited to play the game, even though they're getting paid now, which is a little bit different. Um, they just have a real thirst for knowledge and, and want to learn. 
Well, Cliff Kingsbury, as USC senior offensive analyst, of course, worked with the USC's QB1 for the 2023 season, Caleb Williams, a product of Gonzaga College High School in Washington, D.C., and the man who is the presumed number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, in which the commanders, as you may have heard, have the number two overall pick. Cliff, on Thursday afternoon, would not say much about what he thinks about Caleb Williams as a quarterback, but Cliff did talk about the quarterback position in general, a position at which Washington has uh, (laughs) had some problems over the last few decades. Cliff on Thursday afternoon on the ideal characteristics for a quarterback in today's NFL. Uh, The Chiefs quarterback? That'd help. (laughs) Uh, No. um, I do think the game, as you can see, you watch those guys, Brock and him at the end, like when the money's on the table, you got to be able to make some plays. with your feet move around enough to escape a bad play and it doesn't mean you got to run like Lamar or Kyler Murray but you better be able to move a little bit and um, buy yourself some time because the, the D-line the rushes the defense these days are so good and and then the intangibles you know you want that player to be the hardest worker on your team you want him to lead those guys um, each and every day when, when he shows up in the building you want him to lift the building up and um, that's why those guys make the type of money they do. Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. He was coached by Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was Texas Tech head coach December 2012 to November 2018. He has Texas Tech head coach, went just 35 and 40, but he was Patrick Mahomes' collegiate head coach. Mahomes was a Texas Tech quarterback for the 2014 through 2016 seasons. Whatever the commanders do with their number two overall pick in the 2024 draft, they do seem almost certain to have a prominent young quarterback next season, right? Uh, Maybe the most appealing thing about Cliff Kingsbury is his track record of working with and developing quarterbacks. I mentioned him being with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Kyler Murray with the Cardinals, and Caleb Williams at USC. But How about Johnny Football? Cliff Kingsbury was Texas A&M's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the 2012 season. Texas A&M's QB1 for the 2012 season was redshirt freshman Johnny Manziel, who that season became the first freshman ever to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, How about the man who was a quarterback for the Redskins during the 2019 season, Case Keenum. In fact, he was the Skins' week one quarterback for that season. So Cliff Kingsbury was a coach for the University of Houston for the 2008 through 2011 seasons, including being Houston's co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the 2011 season. Houston's QB1 for the 2011 season was Case Keenum, who in that 2011 season had a monster season, 48 touchdown passes versus five interceptions. Houston for the 2011 season was number one in the FBS in total yards per game, was number one in the FBS in passing yards per game, and was number one in the FBS in points per game. Cliff Kingsbury on Thursday afternoon on if there's a roadmap for developing a young quarterback. First off, you got to have talented players to work with. There's no doubt. I've been very fortunate to be around some really good players, good people, but I just try to figure out what makes them tick. Um, everybody's different. Everybody learns differently. Everybody processes differently, likes different plays, um, sees the game differently. So I really try to get to the uh, bottom of who they are as a person, who they are as a player, and, and build it around them.
Well, the success for Cliff Kingsbury with Case Keenum at Houston, Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M, and Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech happened with the air raid offense, an offense that Cliff has helped to make famous both as a quarterback and as a player. Cliff Kingsbury was a quarterback for Texas Tech for the 1999 through 2002 seasons. He over his final three collegiate seasons, 2000 through 2002, played for head coach Mike Leach, who was a major pioneer of the air raid offense. We on Tuesday's show, episode 761, had as a guest the man who invented the air raid offense, former college football head coach Hal Mummy. But this was Cliff on Thursday afternoon on the air raid offense. At Texas Tech, um, University of Houston, you know, we had Case Keenum and Patrick Mahomes, so we were throwing it a ton, and it was spread offense just like a lot of those are. You get in the NFL, you, you learn the nature of that game and, and the different personnel groups and um, the matchups and, and things like that, and I'm not sure where we were on, on pass percentage my last three years there, but I, I know it wasn't at the top. Um, so we want to be balanced. We want to be able to run the football and, and uh, play action pass and um, really do whatever it takes to win. But the air raid deal is, is – you know, I'm honored to be a part of that because it was Mike Leach, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him, but uh, I wouldn't categorize anything we do under that name. Well, so how about that from Cliff Kingsbury regarding the air raid offense? Quote, I wouldn't categorize anything we do under that name. End quote. Uh, Cliff essentially distancing himself from the air raid offense, at least publicly. I do wonder if he felt like he had to say that because, you know, people do get sensitive about running the ball. And if you say anything that suggests you're going to pass the ball a lot, uh, people are like, oh, what are you doing? What are you thinking? I mean, you notice Cliff Kingsbury in that cut did talk about offensive balance. Uh, But maybe it is actually the case that what Cliff Kingsbury will be running as commander's offensive coordinator, will not be a version of the air raid offense. Now, to be clear, there are aspects of the air raid offense everywhere now in college football and the NFL. That's why the offense is seen as revolutionary. Uh, This was Cliff on Thursday afternoon on key attributes that a good offense has to have in today's NFL. Yeah, first and foremost, being able to adapt to your personnel, um, do what you do best, and don't ask them to do things they can't do. And uh, we have a staff that is all in agreement on that and takes pride in that. So we're going to build this thing together and be collaborative as we put it together and just make sure we're putting our guys in the best situation possible. Um, you got to be able to you know, run the football in four minutes, and you got to be able to throw it in two minutes. And you saw that game come down to it a couple times the other night. Um, that's how these games come down to. And, and so um, more than anything, just making sure we're putting those, position, those players in a position to be successful. All right, let's drill deeper on the offensive portion of this commander's coaching staff. It includes three former NFL head coaches slash offensive coordinators in former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator. Former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson as assistant head coach slash offensive pass game coordinator and former Los Angeles Chargers head coach and former Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn as run game coordinator slash running backs coach. Cliff on Thursday afternoon on how much say that he had in bringing together what is a diverse offensive portion of Dan Quinn's coaching staff. 
Yeah, it's, it's always a challenge, but it's exciting. Uh, it was a collaborative effort with Dan, obviously, and, and Adam. Um, we wanted to bring a bunch of you know high-character people and, and good football coaches, and we have some former head coaches and um, former offense coordinators. and, and um, So I'm excited to put the offense together. I, I think anytime you get a chance to reinstall your offense, you can be more efficient with your processes and, and your verbiage and, and your play calls and your scheme, and so we're going to all dive into it and um, figure out kind of what we do best personnel-wise and, and grow up from there. Well, I mentioned Anthony Lynn. Uh, rushing offense is his thing. Uh, he spent the last two seasons as the San Francisco 49ers assistant head coach slash running backs coach. He was an NFL running backs coach in some form for each of 14 consecutive seasons, 2003 through 2016. Cliff Kingsbury on Thursday afternoon on Anthony Lynn. Excited about Anthony. He's been a, a head coach. Um, another Texas Tech Red Raider, which you can't have enough for those rocket scientists on the staff. Um, so we're going to see where it fits in. You know, he's had a tremendous track record with running backs and um, run schemes and things like that. And um, so that'll be a big part of his his role. But once again, it's be collaborative. We're still figuring out how it all fits. Um, in that way, but to have a guy like that, a football mind like that, a leader like that is is huge for us. And the word collaborative made an appearance in that answer. Collaborative has very much become a buzzword in this revamping of Commander's football operations. Managing partner Josh Harris, general manager Adam Peters, head coach Dan Quinn, now offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury, all have talked about collaboration or collaborating or being collaborative. Uh, How the likes of Cliff Kingsbury, Brian Johnson, Anthony Lynn, and quarterbacks coach Tavita Pritchard mesh is a big deal. What about the new offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson? Cliff on Thursday afternoon on Bobby Johnson and pay close attention (laughs) to what happens while Cliff is talking. Yeah, he's been at a lot of, um, you know, great places, um, worked with some, some great offenses, (laughs) uh, work with some, okay. Um, worked with some great offenses there in Buffalo um, with Josh Allen and some of the creativity and the run game stuff they were doing and, and uh, you know, tempo and some different things that I really liked and then go to the, the Giants very first year of the playoffs with Daniel Jones. And um, so I, I, from afar, I liked how he handled himself, some of the stuff he did in the run game and, and then had got rave reviews from people I really trust in the profession and, and so did Dan. So it um, worked out. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened while Cliff Kingsbury was talking right there. I guess that was the ringtone for someone's cell phone. Not sure. That was odd. Uh, Bobby Johnson, bad two-season run as the New York Giants offensive line coach, February 2022 to January 2024, but a good three-season run as the Buffalo Bills offensive line coach, January 2019 to February 2022. The Bills for each of the 2019, 2020, and 2021 regular seasons were top 10 in the NFL in ESPN's team pass block win rate, which is based on player tracking data from the NFL's next-gen stats. Uh, There has been a lot of angst from Commanders fans regarding Bobby Johnson's time as offensive line coach. I get that. His time as Giants offensive line coach did not go well, but take a look at his Bills 
offensive lines. Uh, what about the commander's new assistant quarterbacks coach, David Blau? Uh, David Blau was a quarterback for Purdue for the 2014 through 2018 seasons, uh, then spent time with various NFL teams. Cliff on Thursday afternoon on David Blau. Yeah, very, very smart. Um, like I remember we got him in Arizona for a couple weeks and he probably knew the offense better than I did after two weeks. I mean, he's uh, one of the brightest quarterbacks I've ever been around. Great rapport with the players. Um, and I love his temperament. I think um, whoever the quarterback is, he'll be great um, to be around him and just how he sees the game, how he talks protections, how he talks progressions because he never gets too high or too low. And um, I think he's got a chance to move up really quickly in this profession. And, of course, presiding at the top of this coaching staff is the head coach, Dan Quinn. What was the connection between Cliff Kingsbury and Dan Quinn? Cliff on Thursday afternoon on Dan. Tremendous person, first and foremost. Um, the, the football speaks for itself. I first met him in 2012. Um, well, first, yeah, kind of brief interaction. We, we were at Texas a and we played Florida, and they beat us, and I was really impressed by his scheme and how those guys played and they flew around and um, then watching him go to Seattle and the success he had in Atlanta, uh, just the way he, he does things and treats people and, and helps mentor coaches and players. Um, he's a guy I always looked at and said, if there's an opportunity, I'd love to work with him in some capacity. So for this to work out has really been, uh, been big for me. Yeah, Dan Quinn has this thing, this like magnetism by which he makes people like him and makes people want to play for him and makes people want to coach with him. Uh, We heard that from Cliff Kingsbury right there. We next segment are going to hear that from Joe Witt Jr. Uh, Cliff on Thursday afternoon on how involved Dan Quinn will be with the commander's offense. Yeah, as much as he, he wants to be, you know, he's the head coach. And so however he wants to do it, we're going to do it that way. Um, I understand that. He understands that. And so as much input as we can get from for him, the better. I mean, he's a guy who can tell us, hey, this is what the defense is trying to do. Um, see it from a different point of view than us. And, and so I'm excited to work with him from that angle and, um, you know, see where we can take this. And hopefully where this is being taken is a lot higher than where recent Washington offenses have been. Washington's best ranking in total offense per DVOA for a regular season over the last six regular seasons is number 21 for the 2021 regular season. Number 21 out of 32 NFL teams. That is the best that a Washington offense has done over the last six regular seasons. The following are Washington's NFL rankings in total offense per DVOA for each of the team's four regular seasons with Rod Rivera as head coach. 2020, number 31. 2021, number 21. 2022, number 30. 2023, number 26. (laughs) I mean, those rankings are pitiful. Uh, It's time for our team to be good on offense, and hopefully Cliff Kingsbury gets our team to being good on offense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the Commander's ultra-important 2024 offseason is in full swing, and things are only going to get busier. We have the NFL Scouting Combine starting on February 26th. We have the NFL's legal tempering period starting on March 11th. We have the NFL's new league year starting on March 13th. Uh, no podcast or show covers the Commander's like this podcast does. And so if you would like to grow your business or practice, consider advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Podcast advertising is very affordable and gives you a true bang for your buck. Email us, see what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. More now on the Commander's coaching staff under new head coach Dan Quinn. We This segment focus on the defensive portion of the staff. Uh, that portion of the staff, as announced by the team on Thursday morning, Joe Witt Jr. as defensive coordinator, Jason Simmons as defensive pass game coordinator, Tom Donatel as defensive backs coach, William Gay as assistant defensive backs coach, Daryl Tapp. As defensive line coach, Sharif Floyd as assistant defensive line coach, Ken Norton Jr. as linebackers coach, Ryan Kerrigan as assistant linebackers coach slash pass rush specialist, John Pagano as senior defensive assistant, and George Banco as defensive quality control coach. Uh, The lone defensive coaching holdover from the team's previous coaching staff is Ryan Kerrigan, the showstopper. Uh, That's it. Uh, Also, the Commanders on Thursday morning did officially announce Larry Izzo as special teams coordinator, and there are two other hires that were announced that do not fall into the offensive, defensive, or special teams category. Pete Onegan is the Commanders' player development coach, and there is a female on the staff. Sarah Hogan is the Commanders' coaching chief of staff. Uh, We are used to presidents of the United States having chiefs of staff. Uh, Well, the commander's head coach uh, now has a chief of staff. Uh, All right, Joe Witt Jr., he on Thursday afternoon did an introductory press conference that started a little after 2.45. It lasted for about 25 minutes, and Joe stole the show. Joe Witt Jr., killed it (laughs) with this presser. Uh, We'll get to the best stuff shortly, but this was Joe on Thursday afternoon on being the commander's defensive coordinator. 
Man, first off, I'm excited to be here. All right, this is a, you know, one of the teams that you think about as you're growing up. You know, they won all the Super Bowls as I was growing up and having the opportunity to be here at Washington um, is exciting. To be here with Coach Quinn is exciting. You know, you're going to see a man that, that's going to energize the whole city, not just this football team, the whole fan base. And so my opportunity to be a D.C., I've been um, waiting for this for a long time. All right. Um, the staff that we put together you know, is an outstanding staff. Um, we have a lot of coaches that come from different trees and we did that by design because we want to have ideas outside of what necessarily I've done in my past so uh, we're ready for it Um, like I said it's just going to be exciting times Hopefully, uh, Joe Witt Jr. is 45 years old. He spent the previous 17 seasons, 2007 through 2023, as a defensive assistant in the NFL. Here he was on Thursday afternoon on why he feels like he's ready to be an NFL defensive coordinator now. (laughs) That's a funny question to me. Uh, I've been coaching in the league for 18 years. Okay, I see a lot of these young guys get opportunities years, years, years prior, and Nobody really questioned them, you know what I'm saying? Um, I've been ready, and just the opportunity now has come with Coach Quinn. But a question of my ability to call defense, to structure a defense, uh, to do that, I have full, full confidence in that. All right, now let's get to the truly good stuff. Uh, so Joe Witt Jr. spent the last three seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. He was the Cowboys' secondary coach and defensive passing game coordinator from January 2021 to just now, February 2024. That span coincided precisely with Dan Quinn's time as Cowboys defensive coordinator. The Cowboys' pass defense was especially good over the 2022 and 2023 seasons. The Cowboys, in terms of lowest expected points added or EPA per pass attempt allowed per Sumer Sports, were number three in the NFL for the 2022 regular season and were number five in the NFL for the 2023 regular season. Joe Witt Jr. knows defense. Here he was on Thursday afternoon on what kind of a defense that he will run as commander's defensive coordinator. Uh, One thing I could tell you, um, like Dan said, is more about the play style than anything else, okay? We're going to get that right first. And and one thing that we're going to do, we're going to be a run and hit defense, all right? Uh, we're going to run, and, and, and I just told this to our staff, the defensive staff, we had our first staff meeting. Um, the way that we live is not for everybody, okay? It's not, all right? Because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner, all right? And so we're going to get that play style right first, all right? And then the structure of what we do um, – don't really, don't really, doesn't really matter. You know, three, four, four, three. Um, everybody really plays the same coverages to some point. All right, uh, the structure doesn't matter to me. The main thing that matters to me is, are we going to be arriving violently? All right, and we're going to turn the ball over. All right, we're going to make sure we disrupt these quarterbacks. So how about that <laughs> from Joe Witt Jr. Quote: The way that we live is not for everybody because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner, end quote. Here you go. The way that we live is not for everybody, okay? It's not, all right? Because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner. (laughs) Yeah, how great was that? How do you not love that? I'm going to make that the mantra for this podcast. 
quote, the way that we live is not for everybody because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner, end quote. Uh, That word, violent, Joe Witt Jr. on Thursday afternoon on how he makes the commander's defense a violent defense. Well, every day, you know, when we go out there on the field, um, the standard is the standard. Okay, I, I know that's thrown around a lot, but um, part of our coaches and the reason that we got the coaches that we got uh, was because they are um, they hold people accountable. All right, they're great teachers first. All right, but if you don't do it the right way, you're going to get called out on it. Okay, there's only one way to do it, and that's the way that we want it done. And if that's not the way that you want to live, that's fine. Okay. All right, you'll probably be somewhere else, but we're going to do it that way, and, um, and you just have to go do it. You know, it, I don't, I don't have a. It's easy to say you know you can do this and that. You just have to go do it. You have to just go work, work, work. I grew up on a farm. My dad, you know, he had a farm, and all we know is just to work hard, and so that's what we do. So, of course, the general tendency in football is defensive coordinators are more vocal and fiery than offensive coordinators are. We certainly had that dynamic on display on Thursday afternoon with these uh, introductory press conferences for Joe Witt Jr. and the commander's new offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff came off chill, like he was drinking a beer on the beach, you know? Joe came off like he's about to jump out of his chair and beat someone up. Uh, You know that viral video of the man leaping over the judicial bench to attack the judge. Uh, Listening to Joe Witt Jr. on Thursday afternoon made you want to do that, okay? Maybe not to a judge, but to somebody. You get the idea. Uh, Joe Witt Jr. on Thursday afternoon on how he leads. First, I want to make sure I'm a great communicator. I want them to understand that I'm here for them, okay? If if we, as coaches, uh, take the gray area out of it, I believe our players play fast. So um, I'm going to communicate with them. I want them to know I'm a great listener as well. Okay, so uh, if they have good ideas, we'll listen. All right, this is a collaborative deal. This is not about me. This is not about the staff. This is about us as a unit playing high-level ball. All right, uh, make sure that the commanders are, are are playing winning football every time we step on the field. And so um, I'm not really a rah-rah guy, okay, especially on game day. I believe if you're doing a lot of yelling on game day, you haven't done your job during the week. All right, a game day is for helping the players, teaching the players, putting them in, in a great position. Now, at practice, all right, we're going to make sure we get them up going the right way. So you'll see a, a, a big difference between me on the practice field and on game day. On game day, it's all about helping those guys, getting them in the right position because they're trying their, butt, their butts off, all right? They're not trying to mess up, trust and believe, all right? So um, I want to make sure that we put them in a great position that they can go out there and play fast. So, Joe Witt Jr. emphasizing communication. Now, I have no reason to believe that he was not sincere in saying that, but him saying that did make me think of this. The commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator for last season, Eric Bieniemy. he constantly emphasized the importance of communication. How many times did EB this past season say, over-communicate? And yet, the Washington Post now, two Thursday afternoons ago, February 8th, came out with a piece in which anonymous commanders players ripped Eric Bieniemy, including in terms of, yes, 
communication. Quote, multiple people said there was often confusion on game days because offensive adjustments were not clearly communicated to players and assistants didn't seem to be on the same page. End quote. So just because a coach talks a lot about communication doesn't mean that he excels in communication, but hopefully Joe Witt Jr. is a great communicator. Uh, He at this press conference certainly communicated well. Here's another good one from Joe, him on Thursday afternoon on how he handles a player struggling to grasp his defense. Well, if they're struggling, um, that's our fault, okay? Um, So... Um, as coaches, we we take this, the the brunt of the um, the learning to make sure that once they go out there, they're playing fast. So um, I'm dyslexic, okay. So I I always talk about um, coaching the creative learner, and and if a guy struggles to learn at times, that is our job to make sure that we teach them in many different facets and many different ways, so that that guy can get it. All right, that's our job. That's what they pay us. What they pay us. They don't pay us all this money just to to go in there and, and put it up on the board. And if certain guys can't get it, no, it's your job to make sure they can get it. And if a coach um, sits there and says he can't learn, he probably can't coach. Okay, so um, we'll we'll get these guys to understand what we want them to do and do it in a a, a, a very good manner. All right, so Joe Witt Jr. right there saying that he's dyslexic uh, and saying some really good stuff about how the onus is on a coach to make sure that a player is grasping a system. The onus is on a coach to make sure that a player who is struggling to grasp what the coach wants grasps what the coach wants. Uh, Joe Witt Jr., is the commander's defensive coordinator, but his specialty is the secondary. As mentioned, he for the previous three seasons was the Cowboys secondary coach and defensive passing game coordinator. He prior to his time with the Cowboys was with the Green Bay Packers for the 2008 through 2018 seasons. He, for the 2008 season, was a Packers defensive quality control coach. For the 2009 through 2017 seasons, was the Packers secondary dash cornerbacks coach. And for the 2018 season, was the Packers defensive passing game coordinator. And Joe Witt Jr.'s secondaries have generated interceptions. The Packers, over their 10 regular seasons, with Joe Witt Jr. having a major role in the secondary, 2009 through 2018, were number one in the NFL in interceptions with 176. The Cowboys, over the 2021 through 2023 regular seasons, with Joe as secondary coach and defensive passing game coordinator, had an NFL best 59 interceptions. Uh, Interceptions and takeaways in general can be fluky, can be random, but when you as a secondary coach slash defensive passing game coordinator have that kind of a track record of your secondaries producing interceptions, you're doing something right, okay? Like, that's not all luck. Uh, Joe Witt Jr. on Thursday afternoon on making the commanders pass defense better and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider J.P. Finley of NBC4. One thing I would I would say is um, everything that we're going to try to do starts with the quarterback. All right, um, we want to make that quarterback play post snap as much as possible. Uh, these quarterbacks are too good. So if if you allow them to uh, see the structure that you're lined up in and, and and tell them the truth with it, and so they they know the coverage or they know where the pressure is coming from, um, it's going to be a difficult day for you. So um, as much as possible, what we've done in Dallas from a disguise standpoint and a pressure standpoint is trying 
trying to make that quarterback play post-snap, and now the rushing coverage, which is a, always a good marriage, they can come to life together. And so that's that's what we're going to try to do. That's why we've had success in um, not only my time in, in Dallas, but in, in Green Bay, that stretch. Um, we, we're known for turning the ball over, and that's what we're going to do here. And being known for turning the ball over, is that something you can teach, or is some of that just the way balls bounce on game day? How can you get this group? Because they kind of tried to do that in the past, and it hasn't really come to fruition. Well, I mean, you can coach it some. Um, the The first thing is you have to have players that can catch the ball, okay? That's the number one thing, and that might sound simplistic, but that's the truth. Um, once you get quarterbacks playing Post snap, all right. They're making errant throws. Uh, most interceptions aren't aren't on good thrown balls. They're on tips and overthrows. They're on inside hip throws on outside breakers. Now, when you have those opportunities on those plays, you got to make them. All right, you got to you got to bring the ball to life. And you'll hear me talk about this all the time. The ball is life. All right, and so we it's like air, and we got to have it. We got to get it. Most drills that you see us on the field will end with some kind of guy catching the ball, picking the ball off off, off a fumble. Um, just understanding that how to get the ball out from a punch, a, a rake, or what have you. We're going to attack the ball every kind of way we can in practice, so it translates into the game. We all know how important an NFL team's turnover ratio is. There's great irony in turnover ratio because it might be the single most important thing for a team in a football game, and yet turnover ratio actually can be one of the least controllable things for a team in a football game. Can Joe Witt Jr. as commander's defensive coordinator, will Joe Witt Jr. as commander's defensive coordinator get our team to be good at generating takeaways? Are the players on the current roster good enough for the team to be good at generating takeaways? Joe on Thursday afternoon on how he goes about evaluating defensive players on the commander's current roster. All right, so that's where we're starting at right now. Um, we have what we call a profile of each position of what we are looking for in our defense. And so um, we match what we have against the profile of what we're looking for. And um, you'll, you'll hear us talk a lot about um, we won't talk about what guys can't do. We want to know what they can do and how far along the journey can we bring them within our system. And so that's what we're doing right now. And we're in the process of evaluating the roster. We did that as a coaching staff today. Um, and I wanted to hear one-liners and what each position coach thought about uh, the position of the men there. And then we'll start to see what we feel like we must have, what we need, and, and, and some wants that we want from a um, talent um, acquisition standpoint. Well, who the commanders keep, who they cut, who they resign, who they trade will tell us a lot about what this new coaching staff thinks about these players. But I don't think that anybody should be surprised if we see massive change with the defensive players on the team. The commander's defense for the 2023 regular season was atrocious. 31st out of 32 NFL teams in total defense per DVOA. 31st out of 32 NFL teams in lowest opponents' yards per play. Dead last in the NFL in lowest opponents' expected points added or EPA per play per Sumer Sports. And that hideous commander's defense uh, for this past season is a big reason why we have Joe Witt Jr. now as the team's defensive coordinator and Dan Quinn now 
as the team's head coach. Dan and Joe, they know each other well. They worked together with the Cowboys, also worked together with the Atlanta Falcons during the 2020 season. Dan was the Falcons head coach from February 2015 to October 2020. Joe was the Falcons secondary coach for the 2020 season. Joe on Thursday afternoon on his relationship with Dan Quinn. This was something. First thing, it's going to sound sort of corny, but he's he's just the best human being that I've probably been around in, in football. Okay, he's take the football coach out of it. He's a really good person. When I get to Atlanta um, and I have to move my family down, he writes handwritten notes to my kids. I never had a head coach do that. All right, my son was struggling in football um, with a with a, a certain bl- um, block uh, blitzing scheme, and he takes time out of his day to put a video of Michael Parsons rushing on a tackle from practice to help my son um, rush on the tackle in, 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 in his practice. That's what type of dude this is, all right? So I'm all in with him, 100%. Um, and then as a coach, he allows you to be creative. He, he wants the, you to think outside of the box. He wants you to go uh, – going into last year, I mean this offseason, last two years in a row prior to that, 21 and 22, we were the number one team in the league for two years in a row in turnovers. You know what the first thing he told me to do? Joe, how can we get more turnovers? I want you to research how do you get more turnovers because the ball is life. All right, so he's always trying to make you level up and, and give you the ability to think outside of the box and do it. He doesn't want to just say, hey, that's the way we've already done it. And I, I'm a believer, too. If, if, I, if I ask you a question and you say hey, that's the way I've always done it, it can be changed. All right, because that's not a very good answer. All right, so we're going to always try to find a way to get better and level up and think outside of the box because that's what these offenses are doing. All right, the, what the, these motions and these shifts and these formations that these guys are, are are doing that's coming from the college game. If you don't think it's outside of the box, you will you will fall short, and so we will be um, innovative in that way. And we during that answer from Joe Witt Jr. had another good saying: "Quote the ball is life." End quote. Yes, the ball is life. And the commander's defense has new life with Joe Witt Jr. as defensive coordinator. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday's show, episode 765. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders. Also on Monday's show, I'll talk Capitals and college basketball. The Caps have one game this weekend at the Montreal Canadiens, Saturday night at 7. And college basketball this weekend, Maryland is home to number 14, Illinois, Saturday evening at 5.30. Georgetown is home to Villanova, Friday night at 7. Number 21, Virginia is home to Wake Forest, Saturday at noon. And Virginia Tech is at number 7, North Carolina, Saturday afternoon at 2. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. The way that we live is not for everybody, okay? It's not, all right? Because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.